0: And the Oscar goes to... And the, Oscar goes, and the to... Oscar
1: goes to... Jet. There's
2: something wrong. It's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV. Attack it and validate it. Remember, that's what you told me. It's time, Robbie. Welcome to the next Best Picture podcast. Moonlight
3: Best Picture.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 77 of the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia, and joining us today, we have Ryan C. Showers. Hi, everybody. Will Mavity.
0: I have a new mic this week. Can you tell the difference?
2: Not yet. Uh, and we also have Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. And also joining the podcast for the first time ever, we have Liam Heffernan, everybody. Everyone say hello to Liam.
1: Hello, Liam. Hi,
2: Liam. A. Oh, Liam, joining us all the way from the UK. Is that correct?
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: And uh which part of the UK are you from?
3: Um, a little corner of the UK called Kent. I don't know if anyone's heard of that.
2: Sure. Based- nice. I have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. Can't say I've been there, but I've heard of it.
2: Well, Liam is joining us for this episode because this week we are going to be talking a lot about the BAFTAs, uh, which will be held uh, next Sunday. Um, I, I believe, actually, for Liam, though, it's a little bit before that, technically. Uh, we're going to get the uh, telecast airing. Uh, Sunday night will be edited, as it usually is. Uh, but the announcement itself, for most of us, will occur while we're sleeping. And Liam is, uh, you know, I, I think they're held around, like, what, 8, 9 o'clock? Is that correct, Liam?
3: Yeah, um, there's a whole heap of uh, minor awards that don't actually get televised. I think it starts from sort of mid-afternoon, our time. So uh, it'll be early morning, certainly for Will.
2: Yeah. But before we actually get into all that, I do want to acknowledge something that happened yesterday within the uh, film world that kind of rocked and shocked everybody. um, And that was the passing of uh, the film composer Oscar nominated uh, Johan Johansson, age 48 years old, um, in a very, very short period of time, really from just uh, 2010s. Uh, up until today, his uh, scores for *Prisoners*, *The Fury of Everything*, *Sicario*, *Arrival*, and many others um, are ones that have made a big impact. And like I said, it's such a short period of time. And to hear of his passing, it to me it was very heartbreaking in a way. Ultimately, because I feel like we are we were robbed of what was on the verge of becoming one of the all time great careers. I feel like in film scoring.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he could have gone on to be like the next John Williams or something. With a different tone, obviously, you know. Yeah, what I mean is, you know, like just a staple of the film world. And he, you know, was always progressing, always moving forward, always creating something unique. And he could do both traditionally beautiful scores, like The Theory of Everything, and then something like Sicario, which is so groundbreaking in its own way. And was so cool that, like, five different trailers and films have already tried to ape what he did since then in 2015.
1: You know, I'm not someone who always pays attention to film scores or really remembers them after movies. But there is that moment in the theory of everything, that uh, montage at the end, that famous montage, that uh, I think works with his score. And that's something I will remember. And aside from just his work, it's a tragic loss. So young, he wasn't even 50. It's just very, very sad and sudden.
2: Do we think that his unused score
1: for Blade Runner 2049 will surface? I'm sure it will at some point. I don't see why it wouldn't. Hmm. But uh speaking of unused scores and things like that, he has uh, the score for Mary Magdalene, which has been pulled from the release calendar after this Weinstein mess. So who knows when that's even going to be shown or heard? Yeah
2: um i will say this um his work has also uh been released recently on uh itunes spotify uh for the mercy
0: yeah it's really good
2: yeah colin firth and uh rachel weiss and i did listen to it on its own It, it is very good you're right will
1: and the movie got good reviews too
2: yeah and i believe uh liam uh actually uh he was telling me the other day it's actually currently playing in the uk right now in some select cinemas is that correct
3: yeah it, it's got a really limited release at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure why that is because it's it's got the cast to warrant an immediate a, a wide release but um, for some reason uh, the big chains at least uh, are putting it in the odd theatre um, around the country but I, I guess they're going to roll it out based on, on what sort of reaction it gets but it's hard to find at the moment.
2: Yeah, the reaction seems to be pretty strong overall. And then on top of that, um, I did see at Sundance the film Mandy with Nicolas Cage and Andrea Riseborough. Um, his score was used for that movie, and that movie is wild. It's crazy. Um, but his music is uh, kind of like a 80s bass synth, synthesized score that's very unique and definitely something I would love to listen to, like as a standalone. Um, so uh, rest in peace, Johan Johansson, uh, gone too soon, unfortunately. Moving on from that, uh, I want to talk about, uh, really quickly, um, some things that happened this week. Uh, we got some winners on the precursor circuit, uh, really no surprise here so much, but DGA winners were revealed. Uh, we all correctly predicted that Guillermo del Toro would triumph and he did. And so did Jordan Peele in the first time director category, um, this is kind of a prelude to what we'll talk about later, but I'm of the belief right now that even if Christopher Nolan or anybody else wins BAFTA for best director, the Oscar belongs to Guillermo del Toro, no matter what. Yep. Uh, does, it, does anybody think that anything other than that's going to happen?
1: Yeah. So after he won DGA, I think the del Toro Oscar win seems inevitable at this point.
2: And then speaking of inevitable, uh, another win that we had was the USC scripter awards, which were held last night. Um, James Ivory won for Call Me By Your Name. And I don't know where this has started to come from. Maybe you guys can enlighten me a little bit. But I'm seeing online people saying that they think Mudbound is going to win WGA and then go on to win the Oscar even for potentially. I I just don't understand. Is not like James Ivory one of the locks of the night?
1: It seems like he is. Like he
0: has the narrative around him. The movie's up for Best Picture. But they haven't really campaigned that film well at all. It hasn't performed well at the box office. And where it comes from, I mean, is apparently people keep talking to voters and voters keep talking about Mudbound, which Netflix has campaigned the crap out of. I still think Call Me By Your Name is going to win, but that's where it's coming from. I mean, Sony Picture Classics has just really dropped the ball time and time again this year. And Netflix, to their credit, you know they couldn't get Mudbound a Best Picture nomination. But as far as their campaign goes this year, they have not dropped the ball. And there would be a narrative around Dee Reese. I mean, if Dee Reese won, then you know that is a, uh, a would 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 that be the first Black female screenwriter win in that category? I I, I don't know. I mean, but it, it, in this year, it certainly would be an important win, even if it wasn't a first win. Yeah, that's a
1: good question. For some reason, I was thinking she was the first African-American female nominee, but maybe I'm wrong about that.
2: I do believe that she would be the first winner. Um, I'm pretty confident on that one. Um, But this also kind of bleeds into um, this late surge that I'm feeling from Mudbound as we get closer now to voting, and that is um, I'm starting to hear a lot of people advocating for Rachel Morrison in cinematography.
1: I think she could surprise there. You think so? I do because I think uh, between Shape of Water, Dunkirk, and Blade Runner, they each have their fans. That I think there's a chance that they all cancel out and her. Yeah, like Visual so Fakes in
0: 2015. Mm. Right, exactly. And, and then she emerges as the ex mahina because she'll have a ardent group of supporters who you know are behind this narrative.
2: What do you think, Ryan?
0: I don't know. I don't think.
4: I don't. Know. I think this is all a smokescreen. I think Homeward by Your Name is still. The Most um, has the most um, name recognition, it's the best picture nominee. It's not going anywhere for the adapted screenplay win.
1: Come on, okay, especially after the USC Scripter last night. Which, looking at the last couple of years of that, whatever wins USC Scripter either goes on to win a screenplay award or best picture,
2: except for Up in the Air. Uh, that was the last time where, and that's still to me like the most bizarre thing. Oh, and that it has its
1: own circumstances around it, too.
2: I know, but the fact that it like that's literally like the very definition of a late-breaking, last-minute
1: backlash. You know? Wait, wait. I don't.
0: Everything. I don't remember what were the what was the backlash against
1: Up in the Air? There was some stuff going on with Raichman at the time where he had made comments that turned people the wrong way.
2: Um, it had to do, I think, with the screenplay credit, if I remember correctly.
4: Yes. Uh, it just sucks to look back at 2009 and realize Up in the Air it didn't win. Like, I think that's the most the hardest thing about it all. Like, I like Precious um, as a as a, as a movie. I love it. It's in my top five that year.
1: Um, but up in the air is just the script is just out of this world. Yeah. Yeah. And to so, go back for a minute in regard to D. Resource making history, she is the second African-American female nominee for writing. The first was in 1972. Oh, my for God. For Lady Sings the Blues. So if she won, she would be the first winner.
3: Wow. It's a good this story really to tell this year, isn't it? It gives it a bit of a boost in that sense. You know, part of yeah. the same. It's a, it's a good and sell. I
1: feel like this
2: is the year where um, th- those kinds of stories. Um, it, it's part of the reason why I've even like heard people talking about Christopher Plummer even winning Best Supporting Actor uh, because the story behind it. Th- like, yeah. I'm hearing all this talk about narratives and how they are playing into the social consciousness of 2017, early 2018, right now, and it's got me thinking that something somewhere like if your film can't tie itself into um political and social issues of today uh and that and you can't form an awards campaign narrative behind that you, you're going to get left in the dirt you know it's like what well, it's like for example like what is what is the disaster artist's campaign
4: <laughs> it's <Huh>. got none <laughs> well know? it actually has <laughs> counter i think its campaign is counterproductive
2: <laughs> yeah so at this point yeah exactly
0: it's tearing them apart, <laughs> which will make it particularly funny if Dunkirk were as Sasha Stone and kind of Tapley are predicting were to end up winning best picture because, yeah, what, what's the Dunkirk narrative?
1: Well, I think there is a narrative to Dunkirk and maybe Liam could back me up with this, but isn't Dunkirk Brexit. supposed to be yeah the Brexit uh, metaphor?
3: Yeah, it's it's a lovely um, analogy at the moment. Uh, you know, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk—it's all playing on this 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 idea of, of British independence and 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 um, and kind of patriotism—and it's it's shining through and, and resonating a lot um, on this side of the pond. I'm actually surprised that Darkest Hour got as many Oscar nominations as it did. Um, though I love the film, I just didn't think it would it would translate. Um, but there's definitely an element of that, and. You know, being the centenary of World War One as well, um, that with Brexit, I think war films were were kind of expected over this sort of short period.
2: My thing with um, Dunkirk is I-, I can see why it's a high ranking film. I just don't see it as a number one film, but I definitely think two, three, four. Um, it it gets a lot of those from a lot of people. I don't.
4: Yeah. I think it's a number five pick, like across the board. Oh. I don't see people listing it as number one or number eight. I see it number five, four or
1: five. I think that's what we expect, but there are voters out there who might see it and think of like watching war films with their father growing up and just be really taken aback by how meaningful it is to sort of see something done in the old grand tradition.
2: Yeah, but here's the thing with that. Um, If you want to talk about films that have like old grand tradition, it's the two films that matched that the be- the best is uh, *Darkest Hour* and *The Post*. Uh, yeah. Dunkirk's big problem, and we've said this all year long, is that there is no real like acting to kind of like get the actors on board and behind. And the writing is also something that doesn't focus on character; it's more structure and plot-driven than anything. And and even plot-driven, it sounds odd just saying that. Um, so, I, I mean. I, those two knocks, I think, you know, heard it uh, amongst the larger branches. But I think the tech branches will definitely go for it in a, in a big way. I just don't think it will be enough. So I, I don't buy that that is the winner. Um, moving on from that subject, I uh, want to keep us going. Uh, next, we have uh, WGA is happening actually later today. Um, so by the time that this airs, uh, people will probably know the winners. I just really want to quickly just go around. Um, are we all in agreement that Call Me By Your Name is winning WGA?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think so, though. Okay.
2: So, Michael Schwartz, you're up first. Original screenplay.
1: Uh, well, I think this would go one of two ways. And I think Oops. it's between yeah. <laughs> Lady Bird and Get Out. Uh, I'm going to go with Lady Bird. And I think if Lady Bird wins tonight, I'm going to cement it in as my best picture prediction, which I already have. But this will confirm that. Will Navity. I'm going
2: Get Out. Ryan
4: um I've written about this topic a lot over the past couple of months, and I've thought about it a lot. Um, I think, I think, I think the same as Michael. If Ladybird wins here, it becomes more competitive. But I'm saying get out.
2: Okay. And Liam.
3: Um, well, I think my opinion's a bit biased. Uh, Ladybird hasn't been released fully over here yet, but it's got the momentum throughout the season, so I'd, I'd give it the edge. But um get out is great. I mean, I i'd love personally to see get out win but i think it's ladybirds
2: and i think get out is going to win the wga and i think we're going to have a wga critics choice winner uh versus a spoiler alert uh bofter golden globe winner i agree we're not gonna know what the hell to do of ourselves so let's uh keep it moving Uh, We have a lot more stuff to talk about. I want to just go down the list here. Um, I'm not going to play any of these uh, for anyone listening because there's a lot to just go over. I just want to get quick hot takes and thoughts on the matter. Uh, We had a lot of trailers that debuted this week. I want to first start off with Solo, A Star Wars Story. Anybody have any thoughts they want to spew on that one?
0: Donald Glover. (laughs) Hell yes.
1: That's a great shot.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That coat, man. That coat looks great.
1: I'm so happy for Alden Ehrenreich, who... Long-time listeners know I loved him in Hail Caesar. He popped them in all all my
0: awards last year. And he's yeah, just such, such a charm in all of our awards. I mean he was he was I, I wasn't a huge fan of that film, but he was far and away the standout of that. Just like would that it were so simple. Would that it were so simple.
1: <laughs> he's fantastic. I'm excited to see where his career goes from this.
2: I have to say I'm a little nervous, obviously, about the film, um, as anybody should be, but I do think that, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, normally, I would think that it's going to be okay, uh, but I do have this sinking feeling that this could be prequel-level bad.
3: I think we're going to see this transition where it's going to hit a major low as far as our expectations um, because they're trying to do something that doesn't feel like a classic Star Wars film. And kind of rightly so, they don't want us to to get confused with these films as being part of the saga. So because they're playing around with tone and and, and style a lot more than they would with episode seven to nine, we're probably going to be disappointed um, until they really find what they're going for with these extended universe films.
1: That's a good, yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, and I like that it's coming out in the summer and not in that usual uh, slot for the Star Wars December, movies. Yeah. Like, it's, also, I mean, it's, it's going to feel different.
0: But it's it's going to be weird too, because I mean, like, um, Lord and Miller, they're still keeping like what, like fifty percent of the film is, or like for at least forty percent of the film is what they did, right? So it is going to definitely be the byproduct of two conflicting visions.
2: I want to just uh, clarify, do they have co-directing credit along with Ron Howard on the film?
0: No, Ron Howard has exclusive directing credit. Oh, I heard differently. I heard that it's going to be like Ron Howard,
1: and then in a separate line it's going to say Phil Lord and Chris Miller.
2: I mean, if 40% of the film is theirs, I feel like they should have some credit now.
1: Unless I'm misunderstanding something, I do believe they do have something.
0: Yeah. Well let's uh, the end of the trailer should list uh, doesn't it list credits like
1: I don't
2: believe on this one it did if I remember correctly. Well in any event though there's a couple more I just want to go over really quick skyscraper Dwayne Johnson, prosthetic leg die hard. What do you guys think
1: <laughs> He's not gonna make that jump into the building <laughs> It's just not gonna happen. Yeah,
2: I, I don't really have much else to add to this. I think it's kind of silly, personally, but it, it's gonna make a you know it's gonna make a bunch of money.
1: It's gonna make a ton of money considering Jumanji, as we're recording this, just became Sony's third highest-grossing film of all time. That's insane. That's insane. So yeah, he's a draw. Uh,
2: Avengers: Infinity War also got a spot during the Super Bowl. Uh, we've seen the trailer for this before. Just out of curiosity, um, is anybody uh, here? Worried? That's all I want to know. Is anybody worried about this film?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be incredibly hard to juggle that many characters. I mean, you even got the Guardians of the Galaxy in there. That's going to be incredibly hard to keep all those balls in the air.
2: But isn't this supposed to be like a part one of a part two thing?
0: It was originally, but supposedly they altered it once people started getting tired of part ones and part twos. So, what do, you,
2: what do you think the runtime's going to be, then? Two
0: thirty-five.
2: Okay. Mission Impossible: Fallout, next Tom Cruise film. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie uh, coming back as the director on this one after he did. Uh, what was that one called? Not Rogue Nation. It was. Uh, uh it
1: was,
2: what was the last one called?
0: No, it was Rogue Nation.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was thinking of Ghost Protocol. Sorry, yeah, Rogue Nation. So, uh, what did we think of the stunts that uh fifty-five-year-old Tom Cruise is doing in uh Fallout?
1: They look like Tom Cruise stunts, but is there a point where we start to get tired of that and wish that he returned to Jerry Maguire territory? Yeah, about fifteen years ago,
0: to a serious yeah. role, and he—you know—he might be involved. That uh, quit in Tarantino, Marilyn, uh, or um, the Charles Manson one. Uh, assuming that doesn't get shut down in light of recent events, but it's still impressive that Cruise can pull off these stunts. Although, you know, he he just destroyed his ankle on this particular shoot. You can see a video of him doing that behind the scenes.
2: Which, by the way, I love that that shot is featured prominently in the trailer itself. And apparently that's the take that they use in the movie.
0: Hey, if I went
1: through that trouble and destroyed my ankle, I would want the shot used too. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it reminds me of like that scene in two towers when uh Mortensen morrison kicks the helmet and he breaks his toe and he like screams in pain and peter jackson is like oh my god like Vico's giving this great performance right now he finds out he really broke his toe <laughs> that's awesome uh a quiet place john krasinski's uh film with emily blunt uh and militia uh simmons from uh uh, from Wonderstruck, actually, uh, that's supposed to be premiering at South by Southwest. Uh, what do we think of that one?
1: So I heard a rumor from someone, and I doubt this is true con- considering what happened last week, that somebody proposed the theory that this is a Cloverfield movie. No. I can't be right. So no I, I don't think that's true. I think it's just someone speculating. But reading about what this movie is, it's produced by Michael Bay. So I don't know if this is like the... Indie thriller that some people think it is Or if it's going to turn out to be some supernatural junk
2: No I I can't No way is this a Cloverfield movie I
1: I, I, I don't know if it's Cloverfield but it's going to have some Michael Bay element to it
2: Okay Uh, but Michael Bay has produced horror films Before
1: Have they been good? No (laughs) I don't know Krasinski's directing It seems intriguing but I think we're going to have to wait To see it south by
2: Uh, Next up on the list was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom uh, J.A. Boyana's film Anybody else feeling any better about this at all after we got a uh, another look at it during the Super Bowl? Because quite frankly, I'm not. I think it looks worse.
0: Uh, I think no. it looks
1: entertaining, actually. I just like the dinosaurs. I can't really justify it. But there's some interesting shots, like jumping through the teeth and the dinosaur in the bedroom. But I think it's just, uh, depending on how far your mileage goes with this series.
2: Red Sparrow, Jennifer Lawrence, Joel Egerton.
1: Yeah. Uh.
2: I think it looks like a more intense and darker version of Atomic Blonde.
1: Ryan, you're the Jennifer Lawrence expert here. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited for it. Red Sparrow
4: and Annihilation. I'm downloading both of the books on Audible before they're released. I'm like so pumped. They're like totally my scene, my jam. Can't wait.
2: Okay, and then the last trailer that we got during the Super Bowl, and we got the movie right afterwards. And I'm curious if anybody here uh, took the plunge on this one was for Cloverfield Paradox, and was anybody oh, brave enough to watch it? <laughs>
0: God, I did. Oh, yeah, me
2: too. <laughs> oh,
0: I was so excited too. They got my hype I was up pumped. so.
2: High. I wanted the game to be over. I ran <laughs> to my room as soon as the game was over. Ran, and I think it was like. Maybe 20 minutes in, I sent out my tweet and I was just like, this is not really good. (laughs) And it didn't get any better.
0: No. It it just... uh, Oh my god. The plot is nonsensical. And basically things just happen because oh, well, because of this uh, what they've done in space and time, anything can happen. So it just kind of plods along with weird things happening. But like they're not even that exciting weird. Like you know, like a severed hand kind of runs around. But the way it plays out is unintentionally comedic. And I'm going to be honest, if you're going to have a space claustrophobic space film that does feature alien creatures and nobody gets eaten, you're doing something wrong.
2: Liam, I believe you also saw the film. Yeah, I mean,
3: it was bad. It? it was, it was bad. Uh, I, I loved Cloverfield and I loved 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, but this was just unnecessary. It was, yeah completely irrelevant to to the first two films there's there's, there was no need no need at all I I don't know what purpose it serves for bridging between um Cloverfield Lane and and the alleged fourth film that's going to be made um there was just no need for it
1: it was interesting to watch the reactions come in because I was like celebrating the Eagles winning the Super Bowl so I didn't watch the movie that night And then by the time I woke up the next morning and saw that everyone had watched it and disliked it, I thought to myself, well, that just saved me two hours. I'm never going to watch this now. So it's just like in that short course of time, it just went up and then went down.
2: Speaking of movies that Michael is never going to watch, uh, we got our trailer for Deadpool 2 this week. Oh, dear. Uh, First look at Josh Brolin as uh, Cable. Anybody have any thoughts on that one? PCP? No? All right, so I guess Michael's not the only one then. (laughs) Jesus.
4: Yeah, I'm not a Deadpool person either.
2: Okay. All right. (laughs) And then the uh, next and final one uh, was we got our first look at Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams in the Venom film uh, that this trailer did not actually feature
1: Venom. It didn't even feature Tom Hardy. I thought it was Terrence Howard. (laughs)
2: I do find it amazing that Tom Hardy seems to change his voice for, like, almost every single movie that he does. Um, he's, he's such a chameleon in so many ways. Um, but, yeah, I don't really understand what Sony's plan is with this. I'm not, I'm not buying it. I, I, if I had no idea what Venom was, I, I would have no idea what this movie was about if I saw this you know, trailer.
0: It looks like a generic action film. Like it looks like Crank or something where he wakes up in the hospital and then has to fight his way out, you know? It's. (sighs) And also, I was excited about the film because of that cast, but I thought Drew Goddard, who, you know, wrote The Martian in his very talented Cabin in the Woods, was helming it. It's Ruben Fleischer, who is more than a little bit inconsistent, who's directing it. And then uh, the screenwriting, there's like six credited writers too. I mean, like it's, oh boy. it could definitely be a mess. And then poor Michelle
1: Williams, who seems to be on this trend lately of doing great indies, like Certain Women, Manchester by the Sea, and then does like Greatest Showman and Venom.
0: And she's in that, that, uh, that movie with um, Amy Schumer. Oh, I Feel Pretty. Yeah, she's in that too, which I doubt is going to be a hit it's from the people behind Valentine's Day so that's
1: everything yeah. she does this year and then next year she's doing a movie with Luca Guadagnino so okay
2: <laughs> all right so we can maybe have a little bit of a bounce back from that and then she has all the money in the world just thrown in there too
4: mm.
1: <laughs> somewhere in all the right, middle I well,
2: will do it for uh, trailers this week uh, I want to uh, talk about last week's poll and reveal the winners uh, really quickly so the poll last week was asking everybody uh, favorite performance by a then non-professional actor um, this was to get us ready for the 1517 to Paris, which, um, for <laughs> everyone that's listening and for you guys right now, um, don't say it, <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave it at that. And so this, uh, we had a lot of, uh, options here. I mean, ranging from Barkad Abdi and Captain Phillips, Jennifer Hudson and Dream Girls, Sasha Lane, American Honey, Brooklyn Prince, the Florida Project, and a pack win the Piano. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Um. What do you guys think ultimately won out on the poll here?
4: I hope Jennifer Hudson.
3: I'd like Barkhad Abdi win, to be honest.
2: Well, I will say this uh, t- the top two vote getters, 13.19% and Ooh. 16.48%. Uh, the two just narrowly missed out each other, and it was very, very close. The top two are Jacob Tremblay in Room and Brooklyn Prince in The Florida Project.
0: (sighs) Quivinjanae Wallace is robbed.
2: Quivinjanae Wallace is in third place.
4: I feel like the results of this are reflective of the fact that both of those films are so recent, especially The Florida Project. I'm not surprised at all that she's in the top two. And in my opinion, I don't think she should be. But whatever. Not next to Anna Paquin or Jennifer Hudson or... Wallace or whomever else.
1: I mean, and then the criteria for this with uh, Jacob Tremblay, Room was not his first movie. He was in about a dozen things before that.
0: Huh, mm. interesting.
1: So, like, when I saw the question, I was thinking, oh, Barbara Streisand and Funny Girl. But then I remembered she was an actress on Broadway before that. Mm. It may have been her first film, but she wasn't a non professional actor.
2: I mean, some of the options that we had here Harold Russell in the best years of our lives. Um, what else did we have here? We also had Ariel Holmes and Heaven Knows What. Abraham Atta and Beasts of No Nation.
1: Right. Those are people who you never really saw before in right. things. Tremblay had a breakout in a room, but he was in Smurfs 2 before that.
2: <laughs> well, the winner, 16.48% was Brooklyn Prince for the Florida Project. <sighs> Deep
4: sigh.
0: Sorry, right It's recency bias. Ryan's right.
2: Well, now the question on my mind is uh, in regards to this week's poll. Uh, This week's poll is going to be focusing on uh, Black Panther this week, but with a little bit of a twist. Uh, It's shot by Rachel Morrison, who is the first ever female nominated cinematographer by the Academy. So uh, Michael Schwartz and I were discussing, and we thought let's do a poll option, which is um, which is the best looking uh, films shot by a female cinematographer, and we have a couple of choices here. I'm going to just list them off for you guys. We have Australia, Beyond the Lights, Creed, Dope, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, The Girl on a Train, Hidden Figures, Holy Motors, The Hunt, Hustle and Flow, Life, Mudbound, The Neon Demon, Palo Alto, The Rover. Velvet Goldmine and The Wrestler
1: some good stuff in there some really
0: yeah. good stuff wait um The Wrestler wasn't shot by who's Arnofsky's usual guy Libatik he didn't shoot that uh,
2: yeah it wasn't it w- was not shot by him
1: no I believe The Wrestler was uh, Alberti from Creed Iris <laughs> Alberti I believe her name is
2: so uh Liam if you were voting on this poll uh, which film would get your vote
3: Hidden Figures is the one that stands out to me. Uh, I love that film. I think it's it's great. It looks great. Everything about it is great. I mean, I, I, out, out of all the films you listed, it would be my my favorite all round. But uh, yeah, it will get my vote.
1: Michael, so I'm actually going to go with one that wasn't listed in the poll. Though you did mention uh, the cinematographer, uh, that Charlotte Bruns Christensen for Fences mm-hmm.
2: as the most well as the be, as the oh. best looking. I think you that was well thing.
1: shot. I think she did some really interesting things. Not in terms of just the lighting, but like the space. I think they did a lot with uh, that backyard. That no, was really it was so stagey looking. That's my <laughs> all choice. Alright,
2: alright. All right. We're not going to we're not gonna harp on people's picks here. Uh, Ryan? I voted for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Alright. And Will.
0: I think I might have to go with Eternal Sunshine too. That shot of them on the ice is just mm. mm-hmm.
2: And there's a lot
4: of great stuff in the snow. And the colors, like with she, you know, Clementine wears orange, and um, Joel is, wears the blues. It's just really great.
2: For me, it's really close between Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and uh, the Neon Demon, but I, I'd have to go with the Neon Demon actually. Whoa! I, I thought that, you loved Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, though. I do. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind's like one of my top ten.
0: Favorite but Neon films Demon I've is made. beautiful looking. But
2: um, I think Neon Demon is like a visually stunning movie. I mean.
0: Um, What about, uh, there's a couple that should be mentioned, that you know, that weren't on the list. Kill Your Darlings by Reed Morano. She just popped up again at Sundance this year.
2: I would say this. I I thought about putting that film on. I think we're alone now because I thought that that was one of the most visually dynamic films I did see at Sundance. The problem is who who else has seen it, (laughs) you know? So I felt it was a little unfair to put that on there only to have it definitely lose. and
0: let's not forget book of shadows the blair witch project 2 shot by nancy shriper
2: oh thanks will thank you <laughs> all right well head over to nextbestpicture.com vote on that when you guys get a chance let us know what you think there and definitely if you have not already bought a ticket for it definitely go see black Panther* this weekend um or next weekend weekend after that maybe you'll go you know a couple times who knows it'll be
1: there for many weekends yeah
2: very much so Uh, I have my ticket for Thursday, so I'm definitely looking forward to that.
1: Hello, everyone. This is J.D. from the In
2: Session Film Podcast. Each week, we review the latest from Hollywood, California. Well, yes, Brendan. We also give top three lists. Okay, yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series or
1: other interesting film related topics and even rants and raves of the week. That's correct, Brendan. On top of our main show, every Friday... You can also hear our extra film podcasts. Good
0: job, Brendan. Thank you, JD. It's my goal to make you proud. You're the father
1: after all. (laughs) Yes, and I'm very proud. Uh, You can listen to the In Session Film podcast on... iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Brendan, will you please let me complete
2: just one... Nope. Nope. Oh, for heaven's sake. Listen to the In Session Film Podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum.
1: No, 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 no. That's are not you... how this works, sir. Hey, no, you, you, no, no, you no. go
4: cry at Midnight Special again, okay? Oh, okay. That's what I, you're I good will. for.
1: I will. You know what? And I'll do it while pummeling you. I'll do both at the same time. How are you going
2: to pummel me? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy it. That. That's just how <laughs> it works.
1: Uh,
2: all right. Boff to time, everybody. Yay! Yay. BAFTA awards are this weekend. Uh, It's a very, very big award show. Why might you ask? Uh, Last year, just to put this in perspective, BAFTA uh, awarded best film editing to Hacksaw Ridge, best sound to Arrival, and kind of in a way, I would say uh, helped us determine uh, best original screenplay when they gave the award to Manchester by the sea. And it was so close between that and La La Land. So there were some head scratchers in there, you know, like Hacksaw Ridge winning editing that ultimately in the end translated. So we have to take this seriously, even though there are other things that they do sometimes that make us go, huh? For example, Dev Patel winning supporting actor for Lion. I, I know that I remember I went back and I re-listened to our, our predictions episode last year for the Oscars. And I we were we were very, very torn. Uh, once that win occurred at BAFTA and we all thought, my God, is, is, is the late surge for lying going to push Dev Patel ahead of Mahershala Ali? So animated film went to Kubo into two strings. That also kind of threw us off a little bit in some degree. So the question is this year with the nominees that they have, like, what is BAFTA going to do? I want to go through this category by category. I want to get Liam to weigh in on a couple of different things. And see if we can correctly determine what curveballs they're going to throw at us. So, let's start off with uh, music. Alex just plot The Shape of Water. Johnny Greenwood, Phantom Thread. Dario Marinelli, Darkest Hour. Benjamin Walfish and Hans Zimmer for Blade Runner 2049. And Hans Zimmer for Dunkirk. Um, I will pass it off to Liam first. Liam, what do you think is going to go on over here?
3: Um... I don't know. The music ones are always a bit tricky to call. I think throughout the season, um, no one can really pin it down a hundred percent. and it seems to be the most volatile category. Um, I, I, I think it's the splats here though. I think the shape of water is going to get this. Um, I just, I just don't see how anything else is going to challenge. It's like darkest hour. Potentially it's got a, um, a strong score and Hans Zimmer, um, is always a contender, um, in whatever he does. um, but I, I don't see anyone beating The Shape of Water in this.
0: All right. Will? Yeah, I think it's uh, going to be round two for Displot. Michael? Displot.
2: And Ryan? Yep. Chip of Water. I am going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say Johnny Greenwood uh, wins the BAFTA for Phantom Thread.
1: That would be heaven. Huh.
2: So, I, I, I don't think Displot is running away with the season. I really, I, I don't. But... Okay, I <laughs> will see.
0: This is just Matt trying to make there a race when there's not like last year he kept saying Moonlight could upset and where you know, like you know, he wouldn't accept the race was over. You need to just <laughs> give up, Matt. No, this is
4: like Matt trying to say that Jessica Chastain's going to get in over Meryl Streep.
2: Hey, it was close. Oh, I'm actually- I I think too. Uh-huh. I, sure. uh, all I'm saying is this. If you're if you're all gonna predict Bafta to match up exactly with Oscar, uh, I think you're smoking something. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Documentary, City of Ghosts, I Am Not Your Negro, Icarus, an Inconvenient sequel, Chain. Liam.
3: You know, I've been um, shocking on documentaries this year. I can't even make a pun. Um I've I've not seen any of these. Um, uh, apologies. I yeah. I let's have a wild stab. Um I am not your negro.
2: Uh, I'll go out on a limb actually, and I'll say Jane,
0: Michael, Icarus, Ryan, Jane, Will. I think Jane will win here the way it has everywhere. That's not the Oscars.
2: It's unbelievable that it missed at the Oscars. Still, I I don't have an explanation behind it. Um, has you it- know what? I'm changing over to Jane. Yeah,
0: yeah, I am
1: because she's British.
2: N- that's what <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. You
1: know, and it's a really good movie too. But she's. <laughs>
0: No, this was like waiting for Superman in 2010. Remember, that thing was far and away the front runner until the moment they announced nominations. And nobody knows why to this day it missed out.
2: Right. Film not in the English language. Uh, last year's Contenders, L. The Handmaiden. Uh, and this year's Contenders, First They Killed My Father, Loveless. And oh, wait, The Salesman was also from last year.
0: <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so there's like nothing that tells us anything about this race basically there.
3: No, <laughs> that's insane. The tricky thing about the BAFTA, we get this weird release pattern compared to you guys in America. So the foreign language films that are released in LA just for the um, for, for the sake of being able to run and um, or whatever the criteria is for the Oscars, um, just doesn't marry up at all with BAFTA. So we, we tend to get sort of lag year on year. Um, I don't know why.
2: I want to look at this like objectively and I want to try to make the best prediction possible, but it's really difficult um, when... L won a lot of major awards last year uh, and didn't get the Oscar nomination for Foreign Language, but The Handmaiden, if I remember correctly, led in Critics Awards last year. So, I think it's going to be one of those two. I don't think it's going to be The Salesman, because I don't think the narrative that pushed The Salesman to an Oscar win translates over to BAFTA. Um. And they're not like the Globes. They're not going to want to just do first they kill my father um, just to give something to Angelina Jolie, even though that's not what happened at Globes anyway. Um, I'm going to go with *The Handmaiden.
1: I'm going to go with L just because Hooper was such a staple of last year's season that it's almost like a way to reward her.
2: Shit, you know what? You just convinced me. I'm going to switch to L.
4: And I would love L to win. I, I I really um I, I really in, like that movie a lot. Um, but I think. I think the Handmaiden. I don't know. Well,
0: um, I'm gonna go with the salesman, honestly. <laughs> Oscar winner.
2: Uh, and Liam.
3: Yeah, I think Elle's gonna win.
2: Okay. Uh, So the next category, sound, Uh, they they just do one sound category, everybody. They don't do two, like Oscars. So um, uh, funnily enough, though, it is still the same five nominees that we've had all season. It's Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars The Last Jedi. So, uh, Will, you're our sound guy over here. Why don't you start us
0: off? Well, this will be interesting to see. You know, obviously last year this was the first sign of a surprise that we had, but I do think they're probably going to go with Dunkirk here. It's a British film, and that is a very, both from a mixing and an editing perspective, it's very much a sound showcase. Um, After my interview with Julian Slater, mixer and sound editor of Baby Driver, I am rooting very hard for Baby Driver, but I don't think it's going to take this. But pay what, but close attention to whatever won here because it wasn't just a rival. These guys also correctly predicted Whiplash to win when it wasn't even nominated from the C.A.S. back in 2014. So
2: And then Whiplash went on to win Sound
0: Mixing. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Pay yeah. close attention to this. They're, they were a good predictor.
2: So it, so what you're telling us is if Baby Driver wins here, it's either winning both Sound—it's winning at least one award then at Oscars. What you're if
0: Baby about. Driver wins here, I will predict it for one of the two.
2: Okay. Liam?
3: I think probably Dunkirk, to be honest, but I'd love to think that Star Wars would would nick it Um, purely on the basis that Star Wars has a a British heavy technical crew behind it. Um, You know, a lot of the work was done um, over in Pinewood, so it wouldn't be a complete uh, shock to see it pick up something in in sound or visual effects. Um, So maybe, if there's a surprise, it's going to be Star Wars. But I think
4: Dunkirk Ryan? Um, no, I, I'm predicting Dunkirk.
2: And Michael? Dunkirk. Animated feature. Uh, Coco loving Vincent. My life as zucchini. I mean, Coco, right? Coco, <laughs> yeah. A yeah. little Uh Special visual effects. Blade Runner 2049. Dunkirk, The Shape of Water. Star Wars, The Last Jedi. War for the Planet of the Apes.
0: Better be apes.
2: I, here's the thing with this. I, I, I think... Despite what happens at Visual Effects Society this week, um, I think whatever wins here, I'm going to just pick to win the Oscar, if it's uh, Blade Runner or War for the Planet of the Apes, uh, between the
1: two. See, that's interesting, because I think Apes is going to win Oscar, but I'm predicting Blade Runner here, because BAFTA seemed to respond to it a lot more positively. Yeah, I mean, they gave it a direct
0: nom. I mean, they love that film, clearly.
2: Right, but my issue, though, is that why has Planet of the Apes been able to sweep the season in its two previous films, but
1: not win the Oscar. Because it was up against Best Picture nominees.
0: Well, Interstellar wasn't. Interstellar was certainly not a Best Picture nominee.
1: Wasn't there another Best Picture nominee in the mix that here that sort of threw it off? No. Or am I just thinking of something else?
0: No, it was uh, was that. It was Apes. It was um, Captain America, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, and, oh yeah, you're right. Maybe um, maybe Blade Runner will
4: win the BAFTA and go on to win the Oscar. Maybe Apes isn't the shoe-in that everyone
0: thinks it is. I'll be so sad if not a single one of those three films won visual effects, though. Like, that would really suck if that trilogy just went entirely unacknowledged. Is it's just why it, it might happen
3: it's the trilogy vote, right? Like with Lord of the Rings. Obviously, I guess it's that was probably another league, But um, Return of the King won as many Oscars as it did because it was a vote for the trilogy rather than the film on its own. And it could be the same for this.
4: But I think you guys are over over justifying like this idea that the this trilogy is so revered. I don't know. No, I think it's, it's a be played on this.
0: Have to be, even if the film itself isn't.
4: But I mean, the Academy at BAFTA and. Um, You know, the APMS, I don't think that there's this reverence for it that you guys think that there is. I mean, you know, it just happens to get these nominations because it's good in the years it is, but I don't know. I don't think that there's an overdue narrative. I don't think that there's like some goodwill. I think it's going to be Blade Runner times two.
2: You know what? Um, Shit. Um, Because my issue is that I rewatched Blade Runner in 2049 recently and the visual effects did not stand out to me as much on a second viewing as it did the first time so where war of the planet of the apes when i watched it a second time the visual effects were like out of this world outstandingly good um do we think that like it's possible the shape of water or dunker could surprise here no okay just figured i'd put it out there though all right so i'm gonna go with blade runner as well then because you're right they got that directing nomination so and it did overperform here as opposed to at oscar um Anybody else predicting War for the Planet of the Apes?
0: I I am. No, I think Blade Runner wins for the Oscar, right?
1: No, 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 just for BAFTA. Oh, for BAFTA? Sorry, uh, Blade Runner.
2: Okay. Hair and makeup. Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, I, Tanya, Victorian Abdul, and Wonder. Um, I think this is where Darkest Hour gets some love. Yeah, Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, you know,
1: it's also the If the BAFTAs don't give it to the Churchill makeup movie, then I don't know what's going on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Costume design. Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Itania, Phantom Thread, and The Shape of Water. Last year's winner here was Jackie. Uh, did not go on to win the Oscar. Uh, Fantastic Beast did, and that won production design at BAFTA.
1: I think Phantom Thread has this.
2: You, you don't even think there's a race?
1: The movie about costumes? <laughs> That's about fair. Period I, costumes?
2: I, 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 I do get this feeling. I have this feeling, Michael, that Beauty and the Beast is fantastic beasts
0: yeah i kind of get that vibe too too.
2: it's not
1: colleen atwood which i think was a factor last year also
2: it's jacqueline duran
1: not colleen atwood (laughs) Uh, that's fair um
2: uh, you know what phantom thread is is uh, phantom thread i'm picking phantom thread to win um, Will Will is right. I'm doing that thing where I'm just trying to inject.
4: <laughs> energy no, Matt, you into aren't, because devices. I'm having the same reservation. I don't know what to pick: Beauty and the Beast, the big showy ones, or you know, the really clean cut, beautiful ones in um, Phantom Thread. I don't know, but since Jackie won last year here, I guess I'll go. I'll pick Phantom Thread too for the Baftas.
2: Liam, do you concur?
3: Duck is down for me. Whoa! Yeah, oh. I, I think Doc is down. Has got it.
1: Woof. All right. So you're like Jackie Duran on the other side.
0: Mm. Yeah.
3: I, I think Darkest Hour is going to do very well. And I, I think costume design is, is one category where there's a clear justification for it. Um,
1: Darkest Hour is going to do well anywhere. It's going to be at the BAFTAs. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I could see it. But Phantom Thread is also a British film. Yeah, but Darkest Hour is like such a piece of British history. It's the British film of the year. Sure. Maybe not. Maybe that D- Dunkirk. I don't know.
2: uh, maybe there are two parter
4: (laughs) yeah
2: uh editing baby driver blade runner 2049 dunkirk the shape of water three billboards outside ebbing missouri uh dunkirk yeah dunkirk
4: dunkirk but obviously dunkirk if the shape of water wins editing i think um i think we can see a sway for the oscars
1: a change in this the pace
2: that would be very interesting
1: yeah I'm keeping my eye on it. that would surprise me. I think baby driver could sneak in
2: I think baby driver's chance died with Ace. Yeah, me too because it couldn't beat out Itanya, which is very unusual but um okay uh, Liam, you're with us on Dunkirk winning editing
3: Yeah though I do think baby driver has a lot of love over here um so I wouldn't rule it out.
2: Fair. Will Mavity, what will you do if uh, Three Billboards wins editing?
0: I'm not going to say something dramatic, but I will be annoyed, particularly uh, since it's not our best picture frontrunner and that nomination feels like a coattail. Well, it is here, I guess, but it, either way, it just feels like a coattail nomination. I mean, it's not a badly edited film. Yeah. It just would feel like a waste of a win.
1: If it wins editing, Will's going to throw Molotov cocktails into the police station.
2: That's the kind of response I was hoping for, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Production design, Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water.
1: Michael. Uh, shape of Water. Ryan. Uh, shape of Water, I guess. I,
4: don't know, I could see Blade Runner winning this at, at the Baftas.
0: Will. I'm leaning towards Shape of Water. Blade Runner wouldn't shock me.
2: Liam.
3: I think Blade Runner, but I wouldn't be surprised if Beauty and the Beast stole it. Huh.
2: Uh, I'm gonna go with Blade Runner 2049 just because I'm predicting Shape of Water to win the Oscar, and uh, I, I, I I still I can't really make up my mind uh, between the two. I'll just pick one to win this and the other one to win the Oscar. Well, ultimately,
4: the, here's an interesting um, fact: the The original Blade Runner actually won the BAFTA for cinematography, costumes, and art direction.
2: Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Hmm.
4: I'm switching to Blade Runner.
2: Okay. Cinematography. Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards, Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, This – so – you know, in, in sweeper years where we've seen, like, Emmanuel Lubeski kind of just take the whole season or, um, uh, oh, man. I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with this because uh, somebody else talk. Will?
0: So this this will be an interesting one. Um, they clearly – this could – Tell us a fair amount about who's the front runner overall, because Deacons is far and away the critics' front runner. This is going to be the first awards group who tells us if actual industry members are going to follow suit. Um, if shape
2: he won or- here, uh, you also have to remember he won here for True Grit,
0: yeah, and yeah. they clearly like Deacons because he's a Brit. Um, so, but I, at the same time. So if he wins here, it's like, oh, he won here, but it it doesn't guarantee he's going to win the Oscar. At the same time, if Dan Lauston wins here, or or if Hoity wins here, then that makes me think very much that he will not win the Oscar. And that one of those two will take it instead. I think that's a good theory. Yeah, me too. So which one takes it? Takes BAFTA or the Oscar? BAFTA. I think Deegan takes BAFTA. Yeah, but if it is one of the other two, which one of those guys takes it? Is it uh, Lauston? Lauston, I think. Yeah, yeah probably Lauston. Uh, Liam?
3: Yeah, I think Deakins has got it. Um, though it's interesting, he's only been nominated for nine BAFTAs, including his three wins. Oh only
1: God. nine.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just nine, you know. <laughs> he could be a lot more love for him, though, in uh, the BAFTAs, but he's, he's had less nominations then at the Oscars. I think if he wins at BAFTA, he's, he's going to take the momentum to the Oscars because everyone's saying it's his year after 14 nominations. It's got to be.
2: Adapted screenplay, James Ivory, Call Me By Your Name, The Death of Stalin, which Deanne saw at Sundance. Uh, I did not see yet. Uh, film stars, Don't Die in Liverpool, Molly's Game, Paddington 2. It's a very interesting lineup, to <laughs> say the least. Uh, James Ivory, Call Me By Your Name. He's he's taking the whole thing, I think.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, with no Mudbound here, this is definitely ivory. I do love the Paddington Two nomination, though. What a charming movie that was! Wonderful I movie. Loved it. We'll talk about that again in a minute.
2: Oh my God! No, you're you're not. Keep going. Keep going. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Original screenplay: Shape of Water, Lady Bird, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Get Out. I Tanya, um, Ryan, <laughs> Three Billboards. As yeah, much the, as it pains the me to Bird say, and I agree. Get out are here. So I'm just curious, though. If Three Billboards does not win, and one of those two do, doesn't that throw like our whole theory like out of whack, essentially?
4: Well, no. I mean, I've said from the beginning if Three Billboards loses the BAFTA, whatever beats it at the BAFTA will win. But I, it's not going to lose here. It's just not.
2: <sighs> Michael.
1: I think Three Billboards because that movie seems to do very well outside of America.
2: Will Mavity?
0: I honestly don't know because I hate to say it, but the BAFTAs. uh, I'm not going to call them racist, but they they haven't been as friendly. (laughs) Okay, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Films written and directed and starring people of color. So while I do feel like Get Out remains the front runner here, I don't think they're going to go for that. So you're gonna give it to the movie with the
1: police officer who tortures African Americans instead?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think they're gonna go for three billboards.
2: If it wins the BAFTA, will I want you to write that article for Monday?
0: What A- After the race from Brexit to About billboards? Oh,
2: Jesus Christ! Oh my God, Liam, you are from over there. <laughs> uh, you are we are we wrong? <laughs> like what? Like, um, I need I need another opinion here. <laughs>
3: I, yeah Three Billboards is is getting a great reception over here and I personally am in love with this film um it's my favorite of the season but uh I I think Lady Bird
1: might get that Huh oh how I wish you're right <laughs> it,
2: What if what if this happens guys what if Lady Bird wins BAFTA but Jordan Peele wins WGA Then Lady Bird wins Interesting
1: What's the I comment? Think one of them does end up winning the Oscar I think this is the end of the road for Three Billboards here regardless
2: I After won the Golden Globe and the BAFTA, I, I'd have to go back and do a little stat history to find a Golden Globe BAFTA winner that did not win. Django Unchained
4: is all I'm saying. Mm, it's a good point. All I'm it's, saying. Who won
3: the Golden Globe for uh, original this year?
2: Uh, three billboards. Three billboards.
3: Mm, interesting.
2: Best director: Denny Villeneuve. Blade Runner 2049, Luca Guadagnino, Call Me By Your Name, Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, Guillermo Del Toro, The Shape of Water, Martin McDonough, Three Billboards, Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Michael.
1: I'm going to go on a ledge
2: and say Christopher Nolan. Ooh. Ryan?
4: Villeneuve. I'm just joking. Um, del Toro. Uh, Will? Del
2: Toro. And Liam? Del Toro. Wow, you're not going with Nolan.
3: No, um, my reason for that is I, I snuck into an Academy screening of Dunkirk um, uh, last summer. And I, I do think a lot of Dunkirk's success is is driven by hype. I, I think that they they want to acknowledge it, but I don't think it's going to translate into awards. Like the, the reaction was fairly tepid. People liked it, but they didn't love it. Oh,
1: wow. If that's the case, if the reception over on the other side of the pond isn't as rapturous as I imagined, then I might go back to Del Toro. I just thought there was such a reception for Dunkirk over there that it was almost uncontrollable. But maybe yep. I'm totally wrong.
3: I was surprised. Um, you know, I was expecting everyone would burst into applause at the end, but it, it, it wasn't quite like that. Um, the impression I got was that it it was it was very well liked enough to get a lot of nominations, but I, I just don't see Nolan um, beating del Toro here at all.
1: Yeah. And even though uh, shape of water is an American film, there is like an international flair to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I'm going to go back to del Toro. False yeah. alarm, everyone
2: sticking with del Toro as well. Um, I, I think that it's pretty clear at this point. He had, he has it Um, a little less clear. Now, here we go. This is going to get fun. Supporting actors time, everybody. Alison Janney, I Tanya, Kristen Scott Thomas, Darkest Hour, Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf, Lady Bird, Octavia Spencer, The Shape of Water,
1: Michael. I am still predicting Laurie Metcalf to win the Oscar. Don't ask me why; it's just my gut feeling. Why? Mm -hmm. But I am. Why? Because he loves her. That's why. Alison Janney to win here at BAFTA, (laughs) and it'll be her final award of the season.
2: That's such bullshit. bullshit. There's no way that's gonna happen. I've never heard of somebody, an actor, winning Critics' Choice, SAG, BAFTA, and Golden Globe, and going on. To
1: I the have Oscar. nothing to back this up outside of the feeling in my gut, but that feeling is there, and I am running with it. You will lose,
2: Ryan, <laughs> Allison, Janney. Will, Allison, Janney. Liam,
0: Allison,
3: Johnny.
2: I'm gonna go out of limit. I'm gonna say Leslie Manville.
0: Which oh, I would yeah, totally yeah. love. I, I actually think Manville could be the surprise here. I agree with Matt on that front. But um, I would love I, that. I, I, I don't She's think it amazing.
2: translated to Oscar. But
0: no, I, but that that's like a very British win. But it's not going to happen. It's going to be
4: Alice and Janney. Gross.
2: Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I want to just say for the record, uh, it's not my heart that's predicting Manville. It's just simply my. Well, if I'm right, I get, I, I get, the, I get the kudos.
1: And just <laughs> like I will be problem. with Laurie Metcalf at the Oscar. You people, like... Such
2: bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that's going to happen. I'm sorry, Mike. You'll all see. Three weeks from my, now. Mike, do you know.
0: we all agree that Metcalf is far better than Janny here? Yes.
2: No. Oh.
0: No, I'm oh a Janny
1: fan. Oh, my God. I'm a
0: Jenny fan in the West Wing.
1: I mean... Yeah. And, and in Juno, the... and in Margaret, and in... the hell, And in many films that And shows, that's not, like, not even in a fan Astros in this, of I
2: think her performance in this is really good. The... It's
0: not Oscar-worthy.
2: No, 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 it is Oscar worthy. The problem no. is that Laurie Metcalf's performance is more uh, fully rounded and three-dimensional, I feel like. I no, guess I'm I just
4: kind of annoyed by the the constant praise for Laurie Metcalf. Like it's just it's gotten too much for me. Kind of like get out an original screenplay like it's just like it's too much. We're done, and, like, we'll Ryan.
1: <laughs> We're done.
2: Let's move on to supporting actor Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World, Hugh Grant, Paddington 2. Woody Harrelson, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Sam Rockwell, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project. Liam.
3: Wouldn't it be great if Hugh Grant won this? Just like really.
2: Michael
0: thinks he will. will. I
2: didn't get there yet. But, I mean, come on. What, what else were you alluding to? It's, this is, you're predicting it, right? No. 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 Then what was no, all that talk no, before no. about Paddington 2?
1: Keep going. We'll so see if end, so. it's going to win. We'll British, at the no. end. Keep going. I'm actually predicting Sam Rockwell here, but I do think Grant could be the runner-up.
2: So, Liam, are you two going with
0: Sam Rockwell?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm Sam Rockwell. Uh,
0: Will? I think Rockwell here. How crazy is it how quickly, you know, like, basically all of December, it was like this neck-and-neck neck race between those two, and then it was like somebody flipped a switch when we got into January, it was just Rockwell all the way, Defoe completely was jettisoned.
2: Well, we've seen that happen before. Where yeah. somebody's a critic's darling, and then the televised awards come up, and it's like, nope. You know, that's not that's not unheard of. Um, just to be clear, though, Ryan, you're also going with Rockwell? I am. Yeah, I, I am, too. I, I, I see no reason why at this point. All right, uh, toughest category of the evening uh, for me, personally. Lead actress, Annette Bening, film stars Don't Die in Liverpool, Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water, Francis McDormand, Three Billboards, Marco Rabia, Tanya, Searcher Ronan, in Lady Bird. Liam?
3: Um. You've got to say Frances McDormand, but there's such a strong representation of of, of British actresses. uh, There could be an upset, but I can't predict it. It's got to be Frances McDormand.
0: Michael. Frances. Will. I'm feeling a Sally upset.
4: Ryan. Frances McDormand. I think um, Sally Hawkins and Ronan will cancel each other out.
2: So I I have Sally Hawkins actually predicted to win the Oscar on the basis that she wins BAFTA.
4: No,
3: she's not going to win the Oscar.
2: (laughs) And I am officially switching over to Frances McDormand to sweep the entire season.
4: Good, or else like it'll be like Sally Hawkins and Laurie Metcalf and get their picture with their Oscars.
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's I think it is Francis. I I don't buy, and I've heard so many people. Michael, I think your Laurie Metcalf thing is wishful thinking, but I think the Saoirse Ronan uh, winning BAFTA and then having Globe and BAFTA and then going on to win the Oscar is even bigger wishful thinking at this point. Indeed, but again, I've heard so many people saying it's going to happen. <sighs> Let me put it to you this way: If it does happen. If Sir Ronan does win and she has Globe and BAFTA, um, what are we doing with Oscar then at that point? McDormand. Michael?
1: I think so, McDormand. Okay. But I think Lady Bird is even more secure for Best Picture if that happens.
0: And Will? I would still probably lean toward Francis. All right.
2: All right. So in the end, we're all thinking Francis has got this no matter what.
0: Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Okay. Lead actor. Uh, The nominees are Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, Uh, some other people. Um, Guys, I mean, come on.
3: There's no conversation here, is there? It's it's Gary Oldman.
2: Yeah, there is no conversation.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: Best debut by a British director, writer, or producer. Uh, Liam, I don't know if you've seen any of these. Uh, The Ghoul, I Am Not a Witch, Jawbone, Kingdom of Us.
3: No, nope, I've, I've not seen any of these. Um, I mean, typically, these films are, are much more, um, are much less known, even here. Um, they, there tends to be a skew towards projects which are funded by the BFI or the National Film TV School. Um, they tend to, to, to do quite well in this category. But they're certainly not films that are that have any kind of um, decent release in theatres. Uh, so, I'm,
2: Lady Macbeth did. Lady Macbeth is not in there. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Best debut by British director, writer, or producer? Yes, yep. Oh, I have it missing from my list, sorry.
1: I think Lady Macbeth takes it. I think, yeah, I think it wins. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. It's got the name recognition. Uh, speaking of which, best British film, Lady Macbeth is also in there, as well as Darkest Hour, The Death of Stalin, God's Own Country, Paddington 2, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri.
1: Remember I said I'd be back?
2: uh well i want to hear liam's thoughts on this first because it is for best british film so i'm really curious to hear what he thinks of this
3: i'm really curious to know why three billboards is is in best british film i'm not quite sure how it snuck in there ahead of dunkirk
0: i mean <laughs> because they love it, <laughs> well, it? And, and, you know mcdonough's a brit the producers are brits i mean like it's Fair enough. You know, it's as long as it's predominantly British-made. Like Gravity was in Best British Film. Uh, it won Best British Film a couple of years ago, um, despite having an American cast and a Hispanic director. I mean, so
3: fair enough. I mean, I guess I guess um, I would have said Darkest Hour by a clear mile, but it could be Three Billboards.
4: See, I don't know. I think. Darkest Hour is, I think this is where they're going to reward Darkest Hour as the British achievement, the British milestone of the year. You know, celebrate, celebrate. But I think they're going to give three
1: billboards best film. I think it's going to go like that.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah. Michael?
1: So this is where I'm going with Paddington 2. Okay. And I think it is one of those movies as beloved as Darkest Hour may be. And I know it is the definitive British film. I think Paddington 2 is one of those movies that just appeals to absolutely everybody. It has the box office, I believe, over in uh, London, and I think it's going to pull a surprise here.
2: No. Uh, it, it, pfft, darkest Hour, best <laughs> film. Uh, best Film, Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards, Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, Michael? Shape of Water. Ryan? Three billboards. Will. Three billboards. Liam.
3: Ah, uh, I'm I'm saying three billboards.
2: And I too am gonna to say three billboards, uh, because they chose La La Land last year and they were wrong. So.
0: And they were the year before.
2: Exactly. Yeah. There's the, there's a little bit of a track record going on here. I feel.
0: And boyhood the year before that. <laughs>
1: All depends if you think uh, Shape of Water is going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. I guess then.
2: Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, my ultimate question is: Do we see a world where three billboards wins both? I no. could. I'm I'm not like
4: completely like I'm like sold with it. Um, but I mean, I could see a world like where where you know has the Golden Globe, BAFTA, SAG. I mean. It's just so stinking divisive, even among the, the, the five of us. I mean, like half of us love it and it's getting better each time we see it. And the other half, each time they see it, it gets worse and worse. So I don't know. I mean, it's so stinking divisive.
2: But yet, uh, Liam, just to confirm, everybody over there that sees it loves it.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's doing very well over here, but it's, it's worth noting that the shape of water has not had a full release over here yet. It doesn't come out till the fourteenth, so I'm sure BAFTA voters are, uh, have already seen it. But um, obviously, the the reaction that it gets generally is, is going to have some influence. Um, so I don't think we've seen the full impact of Shape of Water over here yet.
2: Interesting. I don't think I don't think it's
4: impossible for Shape of Water to win the BAFTA. I think it's I think it's it, it could happen, but. I just think the the three the nominations for three billboards at BAFTA and the fact that it's McDonough and the fact that as Liam says everybody just loves it and the fact that it's done so well at the London's Film Critics Circle and um, the British Independent Film
2: I, I think it's I think it's I think it has it yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense um, yeah I think Darkest Hour wins best British film I think three billboards wins best film overall in the end um, I'll be really really shocked and surprised if it wins. More outside of screenplay, Francis and Sam. Though I mean, that will be.
4: Oh yeah, no. Those are those are the four wins. And yeah. if it wins the if it, if Three Billboards happens to master the preferential ballot and wins the Oscar, those will be the four wins it wins there too. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Is, do we see a world where three Bul- three billboards wins British film and Shape of Water wins um best film?
2: Yes. Good. <laughs> uh, although I. I guess it all depends on if you think that the Brits will view the Best Actor win for Gary Ullman as enough for Darkest Hour.
4: Yeah, but and I'm I'm I'm
2: not saying that's gonna happen. I'm just saying it could potentially. Yeah, I I, I have a hard time predicting uh, three billboards for British film st- strictly because um, of the Gravity example that was given before. It just it just feels wrong. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. So.
4: so that's why it makes more sense to for Darkest Hour to win British film and three Awards to win best film overall.
2: Exactly. Uh, Really quickly, some housekeeping items before we get out of here. Uh, Visual Effects Society Awards are being handed out on February 13th. Uh, The American Society of Cinematographer Awards is being handed out on the 16th. So definitely pay attention to those two to help out with your own Oscar predictions. And then also, oh, uh, also the Motion Picture Sound Editing and PSE Awards on February 18th. uh, So next Sunday, that will be as well. So for sound editing, cinematography, and visual effects, We will hear from the guilds according to those and we'll be able to hopefully make our predictions accordingly. Um, You guys have your predictions up on the site right now that can be viewed by everybody. And speaking of everybody, um, next week... On uh, the next episode, we will be revealing the winners of the NBP Film Community Awards, which can be voted on until February 17th. So do yourselves a favor. Head over to nextbestpicture.com. Make sure that you're voting on those awards. Those are your awards, the fans of NBP of Next Best Picture. So you guys chose the nominations. You guys are choosing the winners. Hop on over there. Cast your ballot. Pick your picks. Choose the winners for the Best in Film for 2017. I've got nothing left, guys. Anybody help? Anything else they want to discuss before we leave?
4: Could um could we each like go around and say like um give like a FYC passion pick if we were voting um for the BAFTAs, just one category? Like
2: I like that idea. Um I I, I like that deal a lot, actually. Why don't we start with you, Ryan? So it's your it's your idea.
4: I would love for um Dennis Villeneuve to win best director for Blade Runner 2049. I think it's so great that he was that the Baftas of all the precursors just, um, decided to acknowledge him, and I think his work is towering and um, even groundbreaking in a lot of ways. Um, and um, I, with all the other winners, even if Del Toro wins, I'm I'm happy with you know the number one person or the number two person, but you know D- Denis Villeneuve, he he should really be he really should have been in this season more.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, will Mavity, do you have any kind of an FYC shout for BAFTA?
0: Daniel Kaluuya for actress. Won't happen in a million... Actress, for actor, really?
1: Uh, for <laughs> that act, really wouldn't actor. happen in a million Won't years. Won't
0: happen in a million years, but I've been shipping his performance all year, and I will continue. I would love that to happen. So, just
2: to be clear with something like that, uh, Daniel Kaluuya is a Brit.
0: Hmm. Yes. Interesting.
2: Just... I mean, I know before I kind of joked that Gary Oldman has actor kind of locked up and loaded to go, but um, also just tying into that a little bit more, Liam, you wrote a piece on nextbestpicture.com advocating that you think that Daniel Day-Lewis actually stands a chance to even beat Gary Oldman.
3: Yeah, um, I think that would be, I think that's more of a chance at the Oscars than it is at the BAFTAs, um, because I think there's there's clearly a lot of love for Phantom Fred um, from the Academy. Uh, I don't think he's going to do anything uh, at BAFTA. I think Phantom Fred is um, probably second or third best in, in many categories, but I, I just don't think it will trump Darkest Hour, especially not Gary Oldman. Okay. Um, and as Daniel Kalua, I think he could quite possibly win the Rising Star Award, but obviously not. I do too. It.
2: Now that's very interesting, uh, actually, because we didn't actually go over that. Um, Rising stars: Daniel Kaluuya, Florence Pugh, Josh O'Connor, Tessa, Tessa Thompson, and Timothy Chalamet. Um, Ryan, Liam, you guys think Daniel Kaluuya is winning? I'm going to get back to FYC in just a second, but uh, Michael, uh, Will, what do you guys think is going to? Oh
4: come no, Rising I Star? think Timothy Chalamet is winning. I would, l- oh, I would Chalamet like for hey. Daniel
2: Kaluuya to win. Oh, okay, never mind, never mind. Michael, you too, Timothy Chalamet. Yes. Okay, very good. Um, I, I I too think Timothy Chalamet is gonna win that. I think that kid's international popularity is growing. I have this very big feeling that he's the next Leonardo DiCaprio in terms of. like... And
0: he's gonna play Henry V in the Netflix film by David Machad next, so he's gonna continue that international popularity. Yeah, and as I just learned the other day, people call him Timothy, but that's not how his name
1: is pronounced. Actually,
2: I I, I can't. I
1: tried, tried.
2: over and over. I can't do it. Timothy. That's because I have to say it slow, I can't say it fast. Like, I have to say Timote. I, I I can't say it like Timote. you know, like really quick. <laughs> Timothy, Timothy, Timothy. It just doesn't work. Let's just say Chalamet, call it a day. Just yeah, T- Timmy, T-Shaw, T- T-Shaw. Timmy Turner. <laughs> uh, FYC, uh, plug. Uh, who am I up to? Um, uh, we just heard from Ryan, uh, we just heard from Will, uh, Liam.
3: Let's go with Woody Harold for supporting actor i think well, sam all the spotlight this season but Harrison puts in a great performance um i mean he's, he's not in the whole film but he he packs some punch and i i think it's a bit of a shame really that he's not winning more awards
2: okay michael
1: you know a friend of mine who listens to the show keeps asking me who my favorite performance of the year the does who that title goes to and for a while it was between uh Timothée chalamet and laurie metcalf i really couldn't and decide who it was. But after seeing both movies again, I'm going to go with my favorite performance of the year, Laurie Metcalf for <laughs> Lady Bird. Not only because I want to see her win, but I want her to win here so everyone stops giving me crap when I predict her for the Oscar.
2: I'm still going to give you crap.
4: Uh, Which is win the Oscar. I'm giving you crap in a joking way, Michael. I mean, <laughs> I'm just...
2: Joking. No, no, no. I'm not joking. I'm giving you crap. <laughs> 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 I, uh, as an FYC for BAFTA, um, I yeah man you know what I like I'm at a point in the season where I just don't care anymore um I I, I like I, I don't feel so guarded uh, or I don't feel so um like I have to like defend myself or protect myself against all of this backlash if I choose to advocate for something um I love three billboards I don't care what people think about that um I will be happy to see it win. So I want to see it win. Why? Because I think the backlash talk has died down in recent weeks since uh, the Oscar nominations. And quite honestly, I just want to see the internet just go into a shitstorm all over again. So I kind of want to just see it do really well just for that reason alone. <laughs> well,
4: And I think it should win too because I think it's the best film in a in lot of the categories it's in.
0: No. <laughs> Sorry, Will. There's like such a trailing no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, what is it?
4: Revenge of the Sith. No. <laughs> you know, I was watching it yesterday, and like the the vitriol that like well the the anger that um, Mildred uh, exposes, you know, exudes the whole movie. I didn't really feel it, you know, but I really connected to it in the way that people are talking about how it relates to our culture about you know, the, the climate of 2017. And, you know, it was it was very cathartic in a lot of ways. And I think that that gets lost in the narrative of why the movie is so great and, and connects with audiences so much.
2: I just hope that we have this debate forever. I hope it's like the La La Land Moonlight debate. Um, I, I hope that if, if Three Billboards ultimately does wimp off and it goes on to win the Oscar, I really hope that this is something that is a, a point of contention for all time.
1: I can't, I, I can't.
4: I mean, I'll be over talking about it like in, in like two in like a couple days. But like, you know, I'm just I
1: agree. I, I don't know. Yeah. Because people get too angry about it. Well,
2: you know what? Frickin move on because we'll be we'll be into 2018's award season soon enough. You know, and it'll be new things to complain about all over again. <laughs> you know, uh, time heals all wounds, ultimately. And, you and know, let's see crash. I mean, like, we'll, we'll uh, <laughs> crash. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, L- we've spent enough on this uh, topic. Let's get out of here. Uh, Michael, where can they find you on the internet?
1: As always, you can find me on Twitter at mike movie. Ryan, at Ryan C Showers.
0: Will Mavity. You can find me. A- <clears throat> Excuse me. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Matrix <Mavericks Movies. laughs>
2: What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Uh, Liam, uh, tell everybody where they can find you online, sir. Uh, you
3: can find me at This Is the hef.
2: I like that. This is the half. It's That's almost like awesome. this is me, but it just sounds like, you know,
0: nope, we're not even going to mention that song But better
1: <laughs> oh, anything's better than this is me.
0: Thank you, Mike. I'm so glad you and I are on board with agreeing that every uh, every copy of that film should be cast into the infernal fires of damnation.
2: It's not as bad as you all say it is. It's it's bad, but it's not as bad as you all say it is. I'm still waiting for a really thorough explanation from you, Will, as to why you really think that movie's terrible, but I don't want to hear it now. For now, I want you all to hear that I can be found on the internet at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much for listening to episode 77 of the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and also on CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. Enjoy the BAFTAs this week. Enjoy the rest of the award season. We will be revealing the NBP Film Community Award winners voted on by you next week on the next Best Picture podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you all next time.